What's up, everybody? This is Mike Isicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast with your hosts, Gabe and Rafi. Hello, hello, and today we are going to start off talking about our MLB awards predictions. The MLB season is right around the corner, and we're going to do our preseason awards predictions. So we'll go kind of, I guess, least important to most important. Um, All right. So we'll start off with AL Reliever of the Year. Oh, um, all right. I, I'll go first. My pick for American League Reliever of the Year is... Bum, 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 bum. This is a bit of a hot take here. But it's James Karnczak. I think that's how you pronounce his Karen name. Karinczak. From from the Cleveland Indians. Are they still the Indians? This season, um, they yeah, are. they are. They're staying the Indians for one more year. Got it. Then, although we all know, really, they're the Cleveland baseball team. But they are the Cleveland baseball team. Um, yeah. Um, talk, Gabe. Talk. Um, last he was great last season. I think his only issue was his walk percentage. It's it's fifteen percent, but he strikes out nearly half the battery faces. Two point five zero Sierra. If he can cut down on his walk percentage and continue what he did in the shortened season last year, I think he has a real shot at a reliever of the year. Especially because relievers are so unpredictable. Like one can break out at any moment. Anyone can just fall off at any moment. James Karinchak is a great pitcher, but I guess I just went with the more established um, pitcher and not as much of a young guy. My I chose Aroldis Chapman. Obviously, he had an off right. year last year, and yet his ERA was three oh nine. Like he had an off year for Aroldis Chapman, and yet he still had a three oh nine ERA with a WHIP of um, zero point eight eight five seven. You know, he's just he's an amazing pitcher, and he'll go time and time again. Walks a good amount of batters. Obviously, it has insane velocity. I think he has the record for fastest pitch ever thrown at like 107 or something. But, um, yeah, I think. It's 105. Oh, whatever. Yeah. He – Roldis Chapman is one of the scariest pitchers in baseball. Yeah. Honestly, out of all the it's pitchers in baseball, like, as a batter, I would want to face Roldis Chapman the least. Roldis Chapman the least. East. I agree with that. He's a scary six six over hundred miles per hour. Has had like multiple criminal offenses. Has escaped from Cuba twice. And like just yeah. Wild the crazy dude. thing about a Rolls Chapman is he has obviously an amazing fastball, but then his slider is insane. He'll hit you with a couple hundred hundred mile per hour fastballs and just give you a nasty slider from a left handed pitcher. He's great at changing right. his speeds and right, yeah. I guess I'll move on to my National League Reliever of the Year award. I'm going with last year's NL Rookie of the Year, Devin Williams. Okay. He was insane last year. He had a 0.33 ERA in 22 games, which is absurd. He only pitched 27 innings, but in those 27 innings, he was the best pitcher in baseball. That's not even an exaggeration. A 1,375 ERA plus, a FIP of 0.86, and a whip sub-7. 
which is absurd. Yeah, I mean, Devin Williams is amazing, and I was thinking about predicting him. I decided that I just haven't seen enough of him to give a prediction of him. You're right. I, I am going all in on the Devin Williams trade. Yeah, he is very good, 0-3-3 RA, but he only had 27 innings. I just decided not to choose him just because I haven't seen enough of him to predict. Gabe, you are going to like my pick. Okay, I I think I know who you are going to My pick. pick for NL Rookie of the Year is Brad Hand. Reliever of the Year. Reliever of the Year, same yeah. thing. Brad, Brad Hand is a very good pitcher. Last year, 205 ERA, whip of 0.773. For that, 330 ERA, a little bit of an off year than a whip of 1.238. But he's consistently had good ERAs and ERAs, you know, in the twos or low threes. And he's a very good pitcher, and I'm expecting a very good year from him in that. In that. Yeah, Brad, Brad Hand. I think is was the most underrated signing of the offseason. I didn't see a lot of pe- ton of people talking about it, but yeah. he is so good. He is still, in my opinion, an elite reliever. It's exactly what the Nets needed. It was a great signing, especially yeah. for the price. I love the pick. Yeah. All right. So moving on to AL Manager of the Year. Um, for me, it was between two people and one people came. Yeah. For me, it was between Kevin Cash and AJ Hinch. Mm-hmm. Now, AJ Hinch is on the tie is was on the Tigers, and I chose Kevin Cash for two reasons. One, I don't think the Tigers are going to do well. I just think they'll do better than usual, just because AJ Hinch is an amazing manager. Mm-hmm. Two, I just don't think he can win that award after that scandal. And right. so I agree. Yeah, I'm going with Kevin Cash for this one. Obviously, the Rays won the World Series last year, but like always, they have to trade all their good guys because they don't have enough money to keep them. But um, right, I think Kevin Kevin Cash is an amazing manager, and the Rays will be a pretty good team. And yeah, yeah, I I did not want to go with Kevin Cash just because I picked Kevin Cash the past two years, just because it feels like the obvious pick. But I went with another cheap manager of a cheap team. I went with Bob Melvin. The manager of the Oakland Athletics. Even cheaper team, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, I think they will dominate in the AL West this year over the Astros. Um, and I think Bob Melvin is able to put good players on the field. And yeah, the Bob Melvin's a great manager. He's a great manager. I think the A's overperform this year. And I think he takes on the award. I think they make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Well. I do like them. Um, so for my for my next decision, I could not. There was not one manager in the NL that I thought I could choose because they're a good manager, and so I decided to go with just the team that I think will have the best record, who is the Dodgers. But I don't like Dave Roberts as a manager. And I yeah, he makes poor in games. Yeah, I don't great think, locker room guy. Yeah, but. I don't think he'll win it. So I went with Jace Tingler, manager for the Padres. Is this his first year in the as the manager oh, for the Padres? I don't think so. I think we're not. I I don't think so. Well, I mean, if he's I don't think not, they would he, fire their yeah, manager. After yeah, he did a good job last year. And um, if he was their manager, I don't know. I think he was. And, yeah, I guess I just went with him because I think the Padres are going to be good. All right, I went a bit of bias in this pick. I picked Davey Martinez because oh, I, I'm i still predicting the Nationals to win the National League East. But the, Davey Martinez isn't that good of a manager. Like, 
He, he was robbed in 2019, by the way. Just saying. He should have won in 2019. The thing about David Martinez is he cannot manage a bullpen. I mean, he, he was putting Kyle Bearclaw in. They had uh, no the, better option. He, no, but no the point is he was taking Kyle out, Bear. you know, Scherzer and Strasburg when they were pitching great games and putting they Kyle Bearclaw in. in they the were thing. taking out. <sighs> He's gotten a lot better about it. But that, that was the still... beginning of 2019. I think he probably should have gotten fired in the beginning of 2019. They didn't. It ended up clearly paying off. But I'm picking Davey Martinez. I think the Nats win the NL East. They surprise everyone. The Mets go disappoint as they always do. I'm picking the Washington Nationals. Manager Davey All right. Martinez. All right. So next award. This was a little bit of me thinking he's actually going to do very good because I think this guy will be very good. But then it was also just me wanting to have an Oriole here. My AL Rookie of the Year is Ryan Mountcastle. Ryan Mountcastle is a very good player. Whether you think this is biased or not, there 100% is some bias in this. But yeah. he, he, <laughs> like, he, he, is, um, he is a very good player. Like, it's definitely biased yeah, that I'm agree. having here. But Ryan Mountcastle is a great player that could definitely win it. I mean, Ryan Mountcastle had a great year last year. He – he in the Meyer Leagues, he mostly played um, third and first. But because of our lineup last year, he played left field, which he can play. Batting average of 333, but then he had an OPS of 878. He walked so much. I mean, he had an on-base of 386, which is very good. But, like, for the first half of when he was called up, he was, like, getting a walk per game. Slugging a 492, five dingers, and this is just in 140 plate appearances. Um, He is very – he is a very good player. He's very good. I did not go with Ryan Mountcastle. I went with a pitcher. I went with Nate Pearson, right-handed pitcher from the Toronto Blue Jays. He has some nasty, nasty stuff. Is he, he pitched... eligible to be a rookie of the year this year? Yeah, he only played in five games last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I think at least I think he is because he was on the pipeline list. So oh. I think he is. Yeah. But I think he's going to play up in the majors to start the year. He is so – he has some nasty, nasty stuff. Gabe, last year great. last year in five games, he had an ERA of yes, six and a whip of 1.500. You, you interrupted me. He played five games as a rookie, first five games. You cannot take these sort of seasons into account. I don't disagree, but I just don't think he's going to be in the same level as Mountcastle or Jared Kelenic. I I really like Nate Pearson. He has some nasty stuff. He ripped up the Nationals in a start last season where he got his only win of the year. But I just love his stuff. He, he is I, – I don't know. All right. So, That's NL Rookie say. of the Year, I went with Dylan Carlson. Dylan okay. Carlson is a great player, outfielder for the Cardinals. Um, uh, he and he didn't play a, a, that much last year. Played like a, a little bit less than Ryan Mountcastle did, and he did not do well. Dylan Carlson did not have a good last year. Similar to Nate Pearson, and just did not do well. Batting average of two hundred, OPS of six sixteen. 
three dingers, but like he did not do well. He was good in the field, and he's always going to be good in the field. That's one thing about uh-huh. Dylan Carlson. Um, but um, I think he's gonna. You can't take that to account too much. Just like you can't take Dylan Carlson, Nate Pearson's into account too much. I think he's gonna have a great year this year. Um, he's gonna show people what he can do, and that last year was not what he could do. He or he could do a lot more than that. And yeah, I think he's gonna have a great breakout year. All right, I'll go into my um um uh, my pick for NL Rookie of the Year. It is Pittsburgh Pirates third baseman Key Brian Hayes. Last year, ninety five played appearances. He was excellent. Three seventy six batting average, four forty two OBP, six. He's not going to keep up a 202 OPS plus throughout yeah, I mean, 162 games. Yeah, season. I feel like um, in reality. But he is so good. I feel like in reality, Brian Hayes probably is the better prediction. I've just heard key like Brian every Hayes. key Brian Hayes. It's just every single people I've yeah. talked to this about upside him. I wanted to throw out another name out there. That's why I kind of picked Nate Pearson. I was going to pick uh, Kalel Nick, excuse me. But I, I put in Nate Pearson. But yeah. oh, you expand his stats to a 162-game average. I mean, you can't really take into account batting average and stuff like that, but 34 homers, 47 doubles, set, like he's just yeah. so good. He has some insane potential. I think he he is the second young key piece the Pirates have that will hopefully lead them out of the bottom of the MLB. Yeah. And Brian Reynolds. Is it Brian yeah. Reynolds is that he's switch hitting outfielder. I think that's Yeah. Good. Yeah. But All right. He's pretty good. Yeah. Moving on to the Cy Youngs. My AL Cy Young winner, I had Garrett Cole. I mean, that's what most people are saying. But Garrett Cole is just an amazing pitcher. Like, there's you can't say he's not. Obviously, the best year of his career was his 2019 campaign with the mm-hmm. Astros, where he had a 250 ER, he had a 250 ERA. He had um, a whip of 0. 0.895. Uh, he was he's just such a good pitcher. This year started off a little more rocky, but still ended up great 284 ERA whip of 0.959 and he's just an amazing pitcher yeah um I I not want to go with Garrett Cole because I am going to go with DeGrom for the NL so I kind of didn't want to pick former Washington National Lucas Giolito okay um Gabe Gabe you're is, breaking you're breaking Super down here last year. Com- oh, well, I was talking about Lucas Giolito. I didn't have as good of a season as he did in 2019 last year, but I, I'm going to look at his 2019 stats for all of this. 341 ERA, three complete games, had two shutouts. Um, yeah, out Outstanding last year, 228 strikeouts to some nasty, nasty stuff. 134 ARA plus, had a 343 FIP, whip just barely over one. I go with Garrett Cole, so I, I went with, with Lucas Giolito. Yeah, I mean, he's a great pitcher, but I just don't think he'll beat out Garrett Cole. I so, do, I want to mention 
the wait. I want to I want to mention the Lucas Giolito trade for a second. And any Nationals fan who calls it a bad trade, I'm telling they are wrong. Adam Eaton was the was the last piece to the Nationals winning the World Series. He, he was such a key piece that I would not, I would, I would never take that back that trade. Yeah, I mean, he did very good. Um, he, yeah, he was a great player. Um, uh, so, for my um, uh, NL Cy Young, I have the person that I think you said you have to. That's Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom is the second best pitcher in baseball, in my opinion, or the best pitcher in baseball. In my it's so opinion. close between Cole and DeGrom. Yeah, I'd but... probably give this slight Cole, but... No. Um, Jacob DeGrom last year... We'll get, we'll get into that. Jacob DeGrom last year, two, 238 ERA, 0.956 whip. Then before that, 243 ERA whip of 0.971. But then before that, the best year of his career was... 2018, where he had a 1.70 ERA, ERA in the ones, 1.70, whip of 0.912. I mean, Jacob DeGrom is just so freaking good. Yeah. I also went with DeGrom. I honestly think he should have won Cy Young last year. I think he had the better year than than, um, Trevor Bauer. But 178 ERA plus 226 fifth. Sub one whip. This is all just last season in a shortened yeah. season. Had 13.8 strikeouts per nine, which jumped up two from his former career high last season. Absurd numbers. Just, he's just so good. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, so now going on to the, the biggest award in all of baseball, the MVPs. Mm-hmm. For the AL MVP, it's just like, it like if when you're predicting something for the beginning of the season, it just can't not be Mike Trout. I did not go with Mike Trout because I feel like that's boring. But I agree, like, it's boring, but like it's easily the most likely. One. I right. I went. Uh, I went with Aaron Judge. Aaron he Judge. Will, Aaron Judge was my backup. I think Aaron yeah. Judge. I will pretty much always go with Aaron Judge for AL MVP until he uh, until he wins one. He got robbed. He got robbed in 2017. Just wanted to say that should have won over Altuve. Um, but if if Aaron Judge stays healthy, he's winning the MVP in my in my opinion. He is an elite fielder. He's an elite hitter. There's really nothing else you can say. I'm gonna go back to 20 2017. His best season of his career. He he had a. 284 batting average, 422 OBP, 627 slugging. Just he's just so good. Uh, yeah, I nothing really else I can say. I mean, 
the yeah, judges is an amazing player. <coughs> Mike Trout has consistently been amazing. I mean, he's consistently, you know, had home runs over 30, 45 in 2019. Just look right. at 2019, um, on base of 438, slugging 645 for an OPS of 1083 with 45 home runs and a 291 batting average. Like, he's also amazing in the field. He's also a pretty fast player. And, yeah, right. it's, it's Mike Trout. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to go on to my NL MVP. I want to say this one first. I think there is there is I, zero bias in this pick. Yeah, I we it is Juan Soto. Yeah, Juan Soto is also my prediction for this one. In my opinion, he's the best pure hitter in baseball. No, he's Mike the Trapp. next. No, Mike Trout. Just fine, Mike. Whatever. He sh- he should have if he qualified for MVP last year. He absolutely would have won it. If he if he had played more games, that's what I'm trying to say. He absolutely would have won MVP. He led the the league in every single key hitting stat. Batting average 351, OBP 490, slugging percentage 695, OPS. He had a 351 batting average in 47 games. Still, that's absurd. He Juan Soto was the next Ted Williams. I'm going all in on this man. Juan Soto is amazing. I wouldn't say he's the best flat-out hitter in baseball. If you look at his last full season in 2019, 659 plate appearances for a 282 average, 401 on base, 558 slug, 949 OPS. And if you look what he did in 47 games, he was amazing, 490 on base, 6095 slug for – one point one eighty five OPS. He is amazing. And keep he in mind. Keep in mind. This man is twenty one years old. Yeah, I know. Twenty two. Excuse yeah. me. The man. One thing. One thing old. about Juan Soto is he is an under average fielder. He's a subpar fielder. He is, but, but he has been slowly improving throughout his career. Yeah, but when you are that good at the plate, it just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it matters obviously. Yeah, but, but you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, so those are our predictions for our next year. All right, I'm going to move on to our next segment. College basketball season's coming to a close. Got the big conference tournament games coming up this week. Got March Madness coming up. So we are going to do our top 10. We're doing kind of like two rankings Friday thingies today. We're doing our top 10 players going into the NBA draft. We're kind of doing a... Yeah, well, I would put it more as a 2021 uh, NBA draft big board. Right. I guess, yeah, that's how you phrase it. So, yeah. Rock, do you want to kick us off with your number 10? Yes, I will. So, my number 10 is a very exciting player. Uh, you know, a good dunker, pretty fast player. It is Zaire Williams. He's uh-huh. – I like him as a as a forward um, he, from Stanford – um, he had a great year this year. Only ten point seven points in twenty seven point nine minutes. They uh, Stanford hasn't given him enough minutes. I mean, I mean, not they haven't given him enough minutes, but they haven't used him to his fullest abilities. But he is very, he is very good. He has not 
Like, Zaire Williams has fell off this year. He didn't have the year we wanted him to, but I think Zaire Williams is one mm-hmm. of those players that's not a great college player, but it's amazing in the NBA. You look at some great NBA players today. Like, I'll right. just bring up a Duke player cut for you as an example just because they're the ones I know about, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram right. Brandon Ingram was good for, uh, for us. Um, Brandon Ingram was good for us at Duke. Um uh, like he was by no means he was by no means bad. I right. mean, he, he had 17.3 points per game, but like he he was not the best player on our team that year. That was Grayson Allen, but yet he was very obviously going to be the best NBA player. And he was still a pretty right. good college player, but I think that Jair Williams is one of those guys that's going to be a good NBA player, just not an amazing college player. All right, I'll move on to my number 10. It is UConn shooting guard James Booknight. He is he's got a nice shooting stroke, six foot four, one seventy five. He's a slim guy. I think he needs to add on some strength. If he, I think he still needs to add on a fair amount of strength. But as a freshman, shot eighty two percent from the free throw line, nearly thirty five percent from three. I think he's well on his way to, to developing a nice NBA jumper. Nice NBA range on his jumper. He's great with the ball. I think he's yeah. one of the best, like, pull up, like, dribble and pull up shoot type of players in this draft class, if you know what I'm trying yeah. to say. And I mean, he's not amazing from three, he was 30% from three. Right. Um, but I think he has. Yeah, he has shooting potential. Right. He's shown shooting yeah. potential. Look back to his freshman year, shot nearly 35%. Well on his way yeah, to developing James, a James, solid jumper. James Buchanite, if that's how you pronounce it. I is think my, that's how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, is my number nine. Yeah, my number um, my number nine is is um is Zaire Williams. We just flip flop uh, those yeah. two. So obviously he's a great player. I mean, in in eleven games this year, twenty points per game, eighty eighty percent from the three three for free throw line, but his two-point percentage was 53. Think about James Booknight is. James Booknight would be so good 20 years ago. Like, right. like he's like 20 years ago when it was about the mid-range game. The mid-range game is slowly dying, but like two-point percentage right. of 53. He is a spot-up mid-range shooter. He's great from mid-range. Like we said, he's only 30% from three, but he's an amazing mid-range shooter, and he would be so good 20 years ago. But, um, Right. He's still great because of that mid-range. He's a good scorer. 20 he's also not a game. Right. He's also not a great passer. Yeah, he's not a great passer. Also. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And as you said, your number nine, Zaire Williams. All right. So I'll talk about Zaire Williams now, who is your number 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's your number 10. Uh, I think he's a, he's a great, great player. He's a freshman from Stanford. As you said... Stanford probably aren't using him to his full potential. I I think if I get if I had to give him an NBA comparison, I maybe like a Paul George type player. Uh, just he's not elite, nearly as good of a shooter as Paul George. Right, but an elite level wing. I think he's got all the tools to develop into a to a very good NBA player. Yeah, um, he's also he's he's. Just super quick for being six foot he's seven. So so. He's yeah. so athletic. He's so athletic. 
Yeah, he's a great player. So my number eight um, is the brother of a player on the Wizards. It is Franz Wagner. Uh-huh. Um, Franz Wagner is a great player. He's he's a big two because he's he's a 6'9 shooting guard, but he's he's an amazing shooter. He's actually he's 39% from three, which is very good, but he's he's a better shooter than that percentage shows. Mm-hmm. Um he's 13 points per game, 83% from the line, 58% two point percentage, and he's above he's a shooting guard that is above 50% from the field, which is ama- amazing. Right. He's 51% from the field. And he's a great player. Right. I don't have Franz Wagner in my top 10. He's a, I think he's a great player. Just couldn't put him above, of any, above any of the other guards I have later on in this list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah that's all I really got to say. Yeah. All right. My number eight. It is Tennessee shooting Aiden Springer. Um, shooting, yeah, six foot findy. He's a he's a scorer. He can he can score from all three levels. Uh, he's got great strength. He is great burst. He's, I think he's he's a lethal. Yeah, he is super good. Um, I left him off of this list. Yeah, but he'd probably be like a number eleven. I mean, Jaden Springer yeah. is great. Um, and, yeah. So, my number seven might be a little bit surprised. Almost everyone has him a little bit above you, above where I have him. Uh-huh. And um, and it's part of it might just be that I haven't seen him all that much. Um, but, yeah, my number seven is Jonathan Kuminga. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, Explain. looking back on it, he's probably going to be, I, he's probably my number six, but uh-huh. you know, yeah, I'm going to switch, switch, flip flop this. So I said that, uh-huh. I said that, but I'm going to make my number seven, Scotty Barnes. Uh-huh. Scotty Barnes is, Scotty Barnes is the closest thing we'll ever find again to Ben Simmons. He's six, nine. Some people call him a point guard. Some people call him a power forward or a small forward. He's he's Ben Simmons with a shot. Um, right. He's he's been a little bit underwhelming for Florida State. So only scared. ten, only yeah. ten points per game. Um, and but he's 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 just hasn't been what you would want for what Florida State thought he would be this year. But I think he's also one of those other players that doesn't fit because I think in general, the college game is less adaptive to players like college coaches aren't necessarily going to adapt their team to one player, but Scotty Barnes is one guy that if he fits on your team, he will be very good um, um, on your team. Gabe? You, you keep cutting out. Oh, you're cutting out for me here. But, um, yeah, I had Scotty Barnes. All right, I'm going on to my number seven. Seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's another Tennessee shooting guard. It's Keon Johnson. Okay. Um, he, I think he's a, he's, um, he's six. Five. He's 
he's a great, great athlete. His stock seems like it's it's rising up. Great potential. He's got a ton of just natural skill, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Like, kind of feels like what he does is effortless. If that makes, like, he's so good. I, like, I, so much good I can say about him. He's so athletic. He's just so yeah. physical in the paint. Such a good rebounder. Yeah. Keon Especially Johnson, for only being six foot five. Keon Johnson I think is another. I, if I had to give him an NBA comparison, it'd be Jalen Brown. Yeah. Keon Johnson is another guy left yeah. on this list. Looking back on it, I'd have I'd have him above Jaden Springer as my number eleven. I'd also probably put mm-hmm. him above Zaire Williams. Looking back on it, but I don't think he's better than Book Knight or Wagner or Barnes. Um, and. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a very good player. But so my number six yeah. was the previous. I'm big on I'm big. Yeah, I'm big on physical guards. That's yeah. why I have. So you know, see yeah, Barnes so my number six down. was the previously mentioned Jonathan Kuminga. Um, yeah. Jonathan Kuminga in the G League, fifteen point eight points per game. You know, um, three not a good shooter, but he's not a shooter. Um. He's a big man. He's kind of a classic four. Might even play the five in the NBA. Um, and yeah, I think I just I just don't think he's a top five player, but he's very good. And he's, yeah, I've come. Yeah, he's he's I've not gonna play center just because he's un, he's not gonna play center just because he's, he's undersized. Under, he's too small. Yeah, but he's like to be fair, Zion Williamson is essentially a center. Well, Zion Williamson can take up the ball, which he yeah. does. He does, but he's a paint player. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll move on to my, my number six, guy you just mentioned. It's it's Scotty Barnes, kind of like a, a Ben Simmons. He's got, he's got length, strength. He's got a powerful build. He's super competitive. He hustles every single play. Being in the ACC, I watch a fair amount of Florida State. He he's gets in and out of transition well. He he, I feel like he can fill yeah. it at the wing or even lead the fast break. He's got versatility on defense. He's got great strength to, that he can use in the paint. He's super good. Yeah, he's a great player. I think he can he can guard maybe even all five positions definitely maybe yeah, not he, center he but, can yeah he can that's one thing that so i guess my next guy you left off the list which i am astounded by well, because i uh-huh. i really like this guy i think he's very good he's my number five and that is Corey kispert i, I forgot i'm sorry rafi Corey kispert is insane. 19 for Gonzaga, 19.5 points per game. From th- he's 46 percent from um, I, from three. Yeah. He's a great three point shooter, but he'll also he's also a good dri- he's also a pretty solid driver. He's solid on defense on the perimeter. 88 percent from free throw. Field goal percentage are 55 percent from a small forward. Corey Kispert is amazing. Honestly, I might have him above my number four, but uh huh. Like Corey Kispert is an amazing player. I, I have 
I forgot that Cork has every time we do one of these lists, I feel like I forget some really big yeah, last time was Ray did. Allen. This time yeah. it's it's Kissenberg. I'll guess we'll move on to my number five, who's a different Gonzaga players, Jalen Suggs. I feel like I have really you have him five? Yeah. I have him five. I great he's got great vision. I guess I'm just not a fan of Gonzaga today. Got he's great vision, great quickness. He's got just a great competitive fire, lights out three point shooter. I just really like the guys in front of him too much. But this this top five, my top five, I would add Kissenberg in, but it's pretty pretty interchangeable for me. Kissenberg? Just off of these you players. Mean Kispert? Yeah. That's what I said. You said Kissenberg. Oh, well, um, yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean my top five. Um, I my top five is I. This NBA draft is very good. It's super. It's insane. It's Especially going, the last year. Yeah, you're going immediately from a terrible one to a really good one. Yeah. So my number four is a great player. Looking back on it, I'd probably have Corey Kispert over him, but he he was actually the number one recruit going into this year but went to the G League instead of the NBA it's Jalen Green in the G uh-huh. League 17.9 points per game um fine from 3 35% 55% two point um from the line 81% um 46% from two i mean Jalen Green um Jalen Green is a great player he's he's um He's, you know, he, I think it would have helped his stock if he um, just went to college. He's yeah. a, he's pretty tall for a guard. He's 6'5", but he's not very powerful. He's not that strong. He's, but he is tall, which helps him out. He's solid on defense uh, um, on the perimeter. And yeah, he's a good player. I actually don't think he's as good as Corey Kispert. I'd have Corey Kispert. Yeah. We're looking back on it. All right, I'll move on to to my number four. It's someone you already mentioned. I think it's absurd that you have him that 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 high up. It's Jonathan Kuminga. He plays in the G League right now, but he, he's from the Congo. He's such an amazing athlete. If he, he own that players like this only come along every few years. He's explosive off the floor. The he makes rims look like those little play hoops that you have in your basement that you just, you know, like just got a such a great frame. He is elite, elite athleticism. He's super quick. His skill level is advanced. Not quite, not quite to the level, not quite to the level of polished. I would say that it needs to be, but it is advanced. He's got shown flashes of a nice outside shot in the making. His open core ball handling is great. There's TJ can just do everything. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Gimming is a great player. I just wouldn't put him above any of the guys that I have above him. Except maybe Scotty Barnes. Yeah. But um honestly, okay, looking back on it, I I uh, my next guy, I probably have Corey Kispert above him. Right now, I think Corey Kispert's my three, and I'm telling you my four. And I might even have Corey Kispert at two, but I'll go with I guess looking back on it, Corey Kispert would be my three, so this would be my four. Uh huh. Um, but that's Evan Mobley or Yvonne Mobley. Mm-hmm. Um, 
16.2 points per game, 8.5 boards, not a good shooter, but he's a center. He doesn't need to be. He's a seven-foot center, 58% from the field. He's good on defense. He's a great rim protector. He's, I mean, he's a pretty um, powerful guy. And, I mean, he's not like, he's, I mean, you know, he's, he's, um, he was very good in college. He's only 215 pounds, so he's not insanely, like, strong. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll move on to my number three. It is another G League player. It's it's shooting guard Jalen Green. Um, He's, he's, he's the, I, honest, in my opinion, the ideal size for the shooting guard position at 6'6". Six, six. Big fan of tall guards. Um. I think he'll he'll grow into his frame if that makes sense, right? He's a great athlete. He's got great bounce, right? He's yeah. yeah. He has very quick first step. Can change speeds quickly. Yeah. Yeah. He elo- um, he he's a great dunker. Yeah, Jalen Green's a great player. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Kuminga. I think it hurt his draft stock going into the G League instead yeah. of playing on a national level. Yeah. But, yeah. So, looking back on it, man, I have Corey Kispert at number two. Oh, you just move him up to number one at this point. Put him above no, Kate no. Cunningham. He's, he's not better than Kate Cunningham. But my – so, number three, I guess, is Jalen Suggs. I mm-hmm. – it was – I mean, it's it's been a sure thing among most fans that it's Kate Cunningham and then Jalen Suggs. I guess I put Corey Kispert above Suggs, but he's – Suggs has been yeah, a great – I'm definitely rethinking my my Suggs my, was, my my. I wanted to have a bold opinion in this. Yeah, Suggs but. is great for Gonzaga. Thirteen point nine points per game. His shooting has been underwhelming. You'd like to see a better three point shot for him. He's only shooting thirty three percent, but he does have solid shooting potential. He's not a shooter. He's not a three point shooter first though. Fifty eight percent to point percentage 50 percent from the field and when you have you know when you have a point guard that's sh- that's shooting 50 percent from the field that is you know that is very good um he's solid on defense um yeah Jalen Suggs is Jalen Suggs is a great play he's been great for that Gonzaga team um he's you know six four shooting guard he's a Pretty, he's solidly strong. Um, and yeah. All right. I'll move on to my number two. It's someone you already mentioned, but it's Yvonne Mobley at a USC. Power forward, center, seven feet tall. He's super good. He's his length, his size, got excellent coordination. He's got an advanced offensive game, especially for a player this young. He can handle the ball in the open court. He's, he, I think. He's showing signs of developing some some skills. You can even play him at the three. He make plays in transition. Great, great hands. He's so good. He is so yeah. good. Evan Evan Mobley is a great player. He's a great player. Yeah. So he he, he puts effort yeah. in on both ends of the floor. Yeah. So, my number one, I mean, it's everyone's number one. It's a little bit undisputable. It's Cade Cunningham. He's just so good. He's yeah. a 6'8 point guard. He's 
He's not naturally. Six, I thought he was six seven. Is he right, six eight? He's, he's six eight. He's not naturally amazing on defense, but just because of his size, he's good on defense. Um, for for Oklahoma State, nineteen point seven points per game, eighty five percent from three, forty or forty two percent from three, eighty five percent from the line, forty seven percent from two. But his field goal percentage is forty five percent. Pretty good on defense. He's Cade Cunningham was one of the best players in college basketball this year, and Cade yeah. Cunningham is amazing. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. Cade Cunningham is so so good. He's been the favorite to go number one since the beginning of the year, and I think he's lived up to that. He's a big guard. He can easily control the pace of the entire game. He's super polished, especially for someone this young. Keep saying this, but he is the such a weird sentence, but he's the bounciest prospect you'll ever see. Right? He's just he can jump so high. He's got a seven foot plus wingspan, broad shoulders. I could see I would compare him to a better jumper, a bit smaller, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't. I mean, Ben, Cade Cunningham is not a, quite as good on defense, but Cade Cunningham is not as. I don't like that comparison because Cade, no. Cade, yeah. I just, I just thought tall guard. Ben yeah, Cade Cunningham is not as good on defense. Cade Cunningham is an amazing three point shooter, which Ben Simmons is obviously not. He's just better. Yeah. He's more. Ben Simmons is defensive first player. Cade Cunningham's not. Um, right. So yeah. That was a so, poor comparison, but going on, you know yeah. I mean. So going right. on to our next segment, the the NCAA tournaments right around the corner. Sexual Selection Sunday is a week from Sunday, this next Sunday, which is a week from tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, as we're recording this. Yeah, and so we are gonna give our top ten teams for March Madness. Now I want to explain. Us, like, I'm not saying my top four will go to the final four because they might play each other within it. Like, so we're not doing right, that. We we're just saying we don't know the bracket. So what we're saying is just, like, in rankings of who we think March Madness-wise would be the best. Yeah. So. Right. Um, oh, okay. yeah. That's yeah. not totally how I did it. But. Oh. So. Yeah. Okay. That's how I did it. So I'll kick it off with my number 10. And that right. is that is Houston. Houston is a good Houston is a good team. Right. Um, uh, they they've had some. They haven't gotten the chance to play like a bunch of great teams just because um, they're not in a very good conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they only have they only have two good wins this year against Texas Tech. And Boise State, um, so they we haven't seen them play against many good teams, but they are you know an amazing team. They had a bad loss to Wichita State recently, and then another one to East Carolina. But I believe those are their only two losses on the year. They have three losses. They do. Yeah, pretty sure. Might be wrong. Um, East Carolina. I'm looking at it right now. I only see. Maybe I'm just thinking weird. I don't know. Two losses, yeah. I'm pretty sure they only have two losses. You sure? I swear I have three. Wait. Hey, oh, their record is 20 and three, but I'm looking on this and I only see two losses. So I don't know. Yeah. 
It's a mystery. It's a mystery. All right. I'm going on to my number 10. It's an SEC team. Oh, they lost to Tulsa. Yeah, they have three losses. Okay, sorry to interrupt. They they lost to Arkansas. Sorry. My number 10 is an SEC school. It's Arkansas. Um, they, yeah, coming off a win versus South Carolina on the road. Yeah, I, they're, they're 12 and four in SEC play. They're two and a half games back of Alabama at the top of the conference, but they're a really, really strong team in my opinion. I didn't quite do, um, what you did in the, how, like March Madness based teams yeah i really like arkansas yeah arkansas is a good team i wouldn't put them yeah in the t- i wouldn't put them in the top 10 but they're coming off uh, they have some good wins as of recent lsu they beat alabama they beat florida yeah. they beat and missouri they beat those are some solid teams lost to oklahoma state um and and like it's just they've lost to when they play really good teams besides alabama that like top tier teams, they just haven't come out victorious. Oklahoma they State, played, Tennessee, right. and they lost to badly to Missouri, Alabama, but Missouri, Alabama, yeah. I feel like Arkansas are heating up right now. They're on a big winning streak. They they haven't they haven't lost in. I'm scrolling down there. Again. They haven't lost since January 16th, where they took no off. 30th. They lost to Oklahoma State on the 30th. Right, they haven't lost since January thirtieth, but that's they're on an eight-game winning streak. Right, which is really good. Yeah, especially for like a what twenty-five game season. Yeah, bit more, but yeah, Arkansas, fantastic team. Yeah, yeah. So my number nine team is Kansas. Uh-huh. Kansas is a very good team. Obviously, I believe the only team this year to beat Baylor. Yeah. That was a great win. We'll beat them. Hey, I, I just want to say I called it. That will forever be in the Hall of Fame of random hot takes correct by me. I make a lot of them. And that one actually turned out to be correct. Okay. So just, I just then, wanted to point that out. Before that, they had a loss to Texas. Um, but they then they beat Texas Tech. They started off the year rocky. They they beat Oklahoma State. They started off the year very rocky because they were you know a top team, but then started being considered like Duke, just right. um, one of the good teams that was not going to be very good because they started the year solid, but with Not like great. very close games right. that they barely versus edged out. bad teams. Yeah, versus bad teams that they barely edged out. But um they are a good team. They've beaten some good teams. They've beaten Oklahoma State. They've beaten Texas Tech. They've beaten Baylor. Um and yeah, I mean they are a good team. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. I'll move on to my number nine, you just mentioned them. It's Kansas. I don't have Houston in my top ten. Just don't think they've had enough impressive wins. Uh, I don't know. Don't have Houston in my top ten. I do have Kansas, though. They are at number nine. They're coming off a win versus UTEP. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're the – are they the only team to beat Baylor? Yeah, they are. They are? 
Only team to beat Baylor, but um, Kansas, super good. Beat Baylor. Took a narrow loss to Texas, but they beat Texas Tech. They've had some solid, solid wins. They beat Oklahoma State earlier in the season. They beat West Virginia. No, no, no. They lost to West Virginia, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, they've had, they've had some solid wins. A few not great losses, but that was more early in – Earlier in the season, they were also losing. They were also barely beating teams earlier in the season, like North Dakota State and like uh, just barely beating poor teams earlier in the season. But then they started heating up in around mid-December. Then, yeah, they look like they are back on track and won't be part of the U UNC Kentucky Duke group. I guess you throw MSU into that as well. I wouldn't put UNC in that anymore. UNC is a good team. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're a good team. All right. So my number eight, I have the Texas Longhorns. Texas. Um. Mm-hmm. I really like Texas this year. Um. They've. They're coming off of a good win against Oklahoma. They they had a b- bad loss to Texas Tech, but they've beaten Oklahoma. They've beaten Kansas. Um, they had a not they had not a great loss against Oklahoma State. At one point, they were on a three game losing streak, but it was three like solid teams. And they've had a loss to Texas Tech, but then they've also beat West Virginia, who I really like. They've beaten Oklahoma State. They've uh-huh. beaten Kansas twice. They've beaten UNC, who's a solid team, who's a good team. And yeah, I think this Texas team is good. I kind of forgot about Texas. Cannot lie to you. But I, my number eight, I have a team I would have put way higher last week, but it's Ohio State. I don't took, have Ohio State on my list. All right. They, they've they taken three losses in their last three games. Uh, they just lost to, to Illinois today, which isn't, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. I think Illinois are pretty much locked into a one seed right now. Yeah. But then they, they lose – very badly to Iowa, and the big one is the loss to Michigan State, loss to Michigan. They're just yeah. I mean, I've I've never they've liked, fallen off. I've never liked this Ohio State team when they were like the number four team in the country. I was like, they are not the fourth best team in the country. They are a verge top ten team, and I never liked this Ohio State team nearly as much as most people on a four game losing streak. Granted, three of them are against great teams, but they top lost to Mi- yeah, they lost to Michigan State. They've you know had some too, right. barely too beat- close. They barely beat, beat some barely State. teams. Barely beat Penn State. Barely beat yeah, losses to Purdue. Losses to Purdue. Um, lost, lost to Minnesota. Lost to Northwestern. You know, they're just. I think they're a very overrated team, and that's why right. I don't have them in my top ten. I have them at eight, but yeah. yeah. All right. All right. You want to so, move on? Yeah, I'll go to my number seven. This is a team that I really like. Um, and I recently had them as like my fifth um, one, but they've fallen off a little bit. That is West Virginia. 
I really like this West right. Virginia. I really like this West Virginia team. Um, coming off of a loss to Oklahoma State, um, but they almost beat Baylor. They've had they've had some good wins. They beat Texas. Had a bad loss to Oklahoma, but beat Texas Tech. They beat Kansas. Um, then a loss to Florida, which wasn't good, but they beat Texas Tech, and they've beaten Oklahoma State, and they are a very good team. Yeah. They're just coming off a loss to Oklahoma State today. I, by the way, I do, I, I have them at number seven. Who hey, Oklahoma um, State? I have West Virginia number seven. Oh, okay. No, I do not have Oklahoma State number seven. I feel like that's a okay. bit absurd. Um, yeah, West Virginia just coming a loss off a loss today to Oklahoma State. Um, they beat, they lost very closely to at that point undefeated Baylor, but yeah, I think West Virginia are a great, great team. They beat, they've had a few solid wins. They beat Texas, took a narrow, narrow loss to Oklahoma. Beat Texas Tech, beat Kansas. Yeah, I think they're a very good team. Yeah, they are. Have them at number seven. Yeah, so at no, my number six, I have Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, they're essentially locked in, not necessarily locked into a one seed, but like they, they um, they're gonna be a one seed most likely. They're coming yeah. off of some good wins, good great win against Michigan, but Michigan had a big off night that night. Yeah. Um, and I think they're a little bit overrated. I don't think they're a top four team in the nation. They have a loss to Michigan State. Yeah. Um, narrowly beating out some teams um, that aren't good. Barely beat Nebraska. Barely beat Northwestern. Barely beat Indiana. Um, and, yeah, I think they're a little bit overrated. They have a loss to Ohio State. Lost to Maryland. I think they're a little bit overrated, but they are a very good team. Yeah. Um, solid, solid team. Um, I'll move on to my number six. Uh, I have, I have Alabama and number I six. I do not have Alabama on my list. That, um, all right. Hot take, I guess. Yeah, I think they're People often do this a bit differently than you did. Yeah. Yeah. But Alabama... Coming off a win versus Georgia today, which is not an impressive win, but they won today. Yeah, they, they were kind of like – they were down for a good chunk of the game. Right. It was not but a pretty win. You can, you can have you can have off nights as, as, as a team, but yeah. beat Auburn early in the week. But they've, they've had a few bad losses. They lost Arkansas very badly last week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah – I, yeah, I, I, mean, I like, I like Alab- this team. I don't know The thing about Alabama for me is Alabama is a very good three-point shooting team, but they're just like – they, they've, they've, they've had way too many narrow wins. Barely beat Mississippi State, but they beat them by five. Beat Vanderbilt by four. Beat right. South Carolina by three. Lost to Missouri. I, lost I, get, it, to I get it. I get it. I get it. I, Alabama should not be at six. Let's be honest here. They are – Teams are on my list, off my list, that I probably put a, above Alabama. They're a super fun team to watch. As you said, great three-point shooting team. Um, yeah, 
probably should not be this high, but I like to watch so, watch them yeah. play. They're first so in the SEC. Is, my number five is a very bold take. All right, I'm listening. Earlier, when you were talking about West Virginia, you said it would be absurd to have Oklahoma State at seven. I have Oklahoma State at five. <sighs> All right. Oklahoma, this Oklahoma State team is so good. They beat West Virginia without Cade Cunningham. Today, they beat West Virginia with Cade Cunningham hurt. Imagine if they can do that without Cade Cunningham, what can they do with Cade Cunningham? Cade, I mean, they are so good. They've beat West Virginia. They've beat Oklahoma. They beat seven-ranked opponents. They've beaten Oklahoma twice. They've beaten Texas Tech. They've, they had a bad loss to Kansas, but they they beat Texas. They beat Arkansas. Um, they beat Can- then they beat Kansas. Um, they've beaten Texas Tech. And I really like this Oklahoma State team. They're it's... more than they're more than just Cade Cunningham. They're Avery Anderson. They're the Boone twins. They are an amazing, amazing team that I think will do the fifth best in the tournament. Not obviously without knowing the brackets, but yeah. Uh, it's your your issue with Alabama is my issue with Oklahoma State. Too many close wins versus not great teams. Only one by seven versus a horrid, horrid, horrid Kansas State team. Kansas State's beaten some solid teams this year. They're five and seventeen still. I, I don't know they're bad. How many like solid teams they beat? They're, they're were... still bad. Okay. Yeah, they are a bad team. They lost by they lost by three to TCU. That they, was very earlier in the year, Gabe. That was not very. That was February third. That was not okay. That was a month ago. Time flies. Okay, yeah, that's true, but. They've just been so good as of late, and they're they're super good. But all right, all right, all right. I guess I'll move on to my number five, right? Five. Yeah. Um, I have a team you already mentioned. I have Illinois. Okay. Um, solid. Solid team. Obviously, they've. Illinois, Illinois, Illinois. Why can't I form correct words? Illinois um, today beat Ohio State, which was a which was a good win. Um, yeah, uh, beat uh, beat Michigan earlier in the week. They've they've had some good wins as of late. I think they're a solid team, but I can't can't put them ahead of of the top four. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a very good team. All right, so my number four. This has been a team that I've been a big fan of since day one. When they were like a number fifteen in the nation, I was like, "This team's good. People are underrating them." That is the Iowa Hawkeyes. Obviously, they have Luca Garza, I, one of the best people. I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you on this one. They have Luca Garza, one of the best, if not the best player in the nation, but they are more than Luca Garza. They have Wieskamp. I'm blanking on his first name, but they have Wieskamp, who's one of the best catch-and-shooters in the country. They're a great team, and they could work on defense, but they are a very good team. I mean, they beat Ohio State and held them to 57. That was one of their best defensive games of the year. They have wins against Wisconsin. Um, uh, they have, they narrowly lost to Illinois, but yeah, I mean, I, this, I really like this Iowa team. Yeah. I, I also, I went number four. They are 
so I think we have the exact same top four, but they are so, so good. Iowa, they're so fun to watch. They, they've had some great wins versus Ohio State. They've had versus Wisconsin, which is not a great one, but it's a good one. They're still a ranked team. They, they've they had some poor losses. Of it. They took a loss to Indiana earlier in the season, lost to Michigan, which isn't a bad loss. Michigan is super good. But they are super, 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 super fun to watch. They've got Luca Garza, obviously, who's arguably the player of the year this year. But as you said, they're more than just Luca Garza. They need some – they probably – they need some defensive help, but they are super good. Yeah, they're amazing. So, for my next one, it is so, so close between two and three. And I yeah. actually just made a switch. Going into this podcast, I had one, and I just made a switch. Okay. This is this is breaking news. Yes. I am going to have Michigan at number three. All right. I have the opposite. but I had Michigan at number two. And before the loss to Illinois, I had Michigan as winning the – I had Michigan as my March Madness favorite. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know, man. I cannot choose. Now I'm thinking Baylor again. I don't know. They're so both so good. Yeah. I'm is, it, no, you know what? So I'm making, good. I'm making another switch. Another Michi- switch. Michigan's my number two. I don't know. I, I so indecisive with this one. Yeah. I like. I guess you guys know who both my two and three is. They're both so yeah. good. Uh, we, Michigan. And we have the same top four. I think I have Baylor at three for sticking with that one. Yeah, I am going to go with that one. All right. I don't know. So we have the same exact top four. It's so close between two and three. One is pretty obvious. But, yeah. Like, Baylor, if I'm going – Baylor took a loss to Kansas, which I called, by the way. Okay, we get it, Gabe. I can. But, But, yeah, I mean, we're going Baylor. Just beat Oklahoma State, beat West Virginia, lost to Kansas. They've beaten every team that they've played except for – Kansas. If they if it wasn't for the loss to Kansas, they have the number two in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll talk about our number two because we have the same. Again, very very close with the number three. Yeah. Like it's 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 Michigan. Yes. Yeah. They just beat Michigan State. what was that yesterday? Two days yeah, ago. Yeah, sixty-nine to fifty. They beat them, and then they're playing them again tomorrow. Right. Um. But they beat Iowa last week. Um. Beat beat Wisconsin earlier in the year. Got some solid wins. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah, I I think they are. Yeah, I mean they cut favorite yeah. to make the final four. They are, yeah, they are lost. They've lost. They have a loss. They lost to Illinois. They've lost to Minnesota. I just want to talk about this real quick. Uh-huh. Minnesota has to be the weirdest team in the country. That right. Minnesota is currently on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game losing streak. But then before that, they've beat. They've beaten Purdue. 
they've beaten Michigan, they've beaten Iowa, and they've beaten Ohio State. Those are three yeah. top ten teams that they've beaten, Ohio State, Iowa, and Michigan. This is they're, Minnesota. But right. then they're on, what did I say, an eight game or something? Eight, losing something streak? like that. They're, they're the, have to be, like, the weirdest team in the country. Right. They beat the, they beat the really good teams. Yeah. Lose, lose, can't beat the anyone else. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, number one is pretty obvious. The only undefeated team left. Doesn't matter their schedule. I mean, Doesn't yeah, matter like, the, their conference they, play. They, it's Gonzaga. All of, all of their good wins are always going to be in the beginning of the year when they can schedule their preseason games. Would they be Kansas, Iowa, West Virginia, um, yeah. and, and Virginia? But besides that, you know, I mean – they their their only other biggest competition in their conference was BYU this year. Who they beat? Yeah, pretty handily. Yeah, and yeah, they they don't have a good schedule, but they're amazing, led by Courtney Kispert and Jalen Suggs. Yeah, um, who we talked about earlier in the podcast, but yeah, they're they're just so good. Yeah, that, yeah. That, there's not much I can say. Gonzaga, the clear cut number one team in the country. Um, I don't yeah. think that's even a, a competition. But, yeah. yeah. So that wraps up today's episode. Thank you all for listening. This was this was a fun one to talk about. But check out our Instagram, at All Star Sports Pod, and our website, www.allstarsportspodcast.com. We will hopefully see you next time. Peace out. Peace.